This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. This is episode number 86 of the Homestead Journey Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Homestead Journey. My name is Brian Wells. I'm coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. Folks, it is a scorcher right now. Last weekend, I think it was 45, 47 degrees when we started out uh, to butcher chickens. And tomorrow it's supposed to hit 91 degrees. And I think it's supposed to hit 90 or 88 or something like that today. It is hot, 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 hot. Now, I would say that it's twice as hot as it was last weekend, but my buddy Jack over at the Mindful Homestead sent me an article today that argues that it's really not twice as hot because if you convert from, uh, let's see here, Celsius, if you convert it to Celsius, then it really wouldn't be twice as hot as what it was. And then if you go to Kelvin and I don't know, after a while, my head just hurt. So I guess technically it's not twice as hot as it was last weekend. But in the vernacular, it's twice as hot. Anyhow, enough complaining. Uh, Six months ago, everybody was complaining about it being cold. Now we complain about it being hot. Nobody is ever happy. My grandfather used to say, whether the weather be cold, whether the weather be hot, the weather's the weather, no matter the weather, whether we like it or not. So with all of that said, let's head on over to this week's Homestead Happenings. I'll bring you up to speed with what we've been doing here on 3B Farm and Homestead. First of all, let me start with a cat update. So Sonny did come home with a vengeance. Okay, I don't know. Maybe that's a really bad joke. Um, And those of you who are younger than I am probably may not even get that old song there, 90s song. In fact, I thought about dropping a clip of that song right into the podcast, but I guess technically I would get in trouble with the copyright police. And I thought, well, maybe I'll play it on the guitar and sing it, but I've hurt my thumb. So you've been spared from hearing me sing. Uh, And now what does my thumb being hurt have to do with me singing? It's just that I can't hold the pick. So I can't strum to sing along. But all of that to say, Sonny did come down out of the tree eventually. In fact, what ended up happening is Blackie, the other cat, came back around and started to go up the tree. They were kind of meowing back and forth. I don't know, some kind of a cat conversation going on there. Probably Blackie saying, hey, Sonny, what are you doing up there? And Sonny saying, I can't figure out how to come down. And so then Blackie was like, well, let me come up and help you figure it out. Except Bonnie was there and kept Blackie from going up the tree. And so that night, I guess Blackie talked Sonny through the steps of coming down out of the tree. I don't know. I'm just guessing that's what took place. All I know is that Sonny is out of the tree. I did post a picture over on Instagram and Facebook. So if you don't follow us there, definitely give us a like or a follow. um, And you'll be up to date with what we were doing here on the homestead. But uh, Sonny is out of the tree. And Sonny and Blackie are kind of hanging around. They're not doing what they're supposed to do yet because I haven't seen any dead mice, uh, dead rats or dead chipmunks anywhere. Uh, So hopefully they get the, you know, kind of the hang of why they're here. 
But anyhow, <laughs> Sonny is out of the tree. Last week, I did share with you that on Monday, Memorial Day, we would be heading up to my grandparents' uh, graves in Moncton, Vermont, and we did just that. And so Monday, really, as I mentioned on the podcast, was an opportunity for me to really reflect on my heritage and just really revel in those great memories that I have of my Nana and my, my Papa, as so many of those memories really come back to raising and growing food. And my aunt and uncle, we all rode together up to the grave and just had some really delightful walks down memory lane. And so it was a great way to spend Memorial Day just reminiscing and thinking about that. The rest of the week was just a blur. It was kind of like the longest short week ever. I had meetings every night, non-homesteading related meetings every night with the exception of Friday. And so that really does put a damper on the things that you're trying to do on your homestead. But I did try to get the rest of the garden planted this week. And folks, I am, I hate to tell you this, but it's still not done. I did get the sweet potatoes in yesterday down in the raised bed area. So the raised beds are done, at least for the first planting. But then up in the Ruth Stout area, I've been trying to get in squash and melons, which I got all of those planted this week. I got some cucumbers planted this week. I got some pole beans planted on some bean poles that I found on at my grandfather's. So I'm very excited to put those back into service. Uh, I got some brassicas and hot peppers planted up in the Ruth Stout area, but I still have more peppers to plant. Um, I have more onions to plant. Actually, I did plant some green onions up there. First time I've ever done this this way. I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, something that I, I ran across on Charles Dowding's YouTube channel. And so I'm trying to plant onions in kind of his method where you plant them in clumps. And as they mature, you kind of harvest spring onions till you are left with a handful of medium-sized onions in that area. So giving it a whirl, we'll see how well it does up in the roost out area. I may have been better off doing this experiment down in the uh, square foot garden area, but uh, who knows? We'll, we'll see what we get. The big news though, for this week was that I ended up in the emergency room. On Thursday, I had borrowed my dad's lawnmower to mow the lawn because mine isn't working. And my dad has a grass catcher on the back of his mower that actually it swings open, which is really nice because sometimes you forget that that thing sticks out on the right hand side and you hit stuff, or at least I do. And so the nice thing is, is that it breaks away. It, it kind of swings open. But what happened is I tried to reach back and in a hurry because we had a rainstorm coming in. I tried to slam it closed and my thumb got hung up in the latch and I ended up, um, well, in the ER and ended up with a couple of stitches in my thumb. So that was a really, really uh, great way to spend a Thursday evening when you're trying to get a garden planted and you have a lawn that needs mowed and yada, 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 yada. And then it's just amazing how much you use your thumb and you don't really think about it until all of those tasks that you use your thumb for are very painful because you're, well, you're whacking it, you're trying to apply pressure, like simple things like trying to 
button your pants, trying to zip your zipper. Uh, much more difficult when you got a couple of stitches in your thumb, if you know what I'm saying. And then when I was trying to mow the lawn on Friday, on my dad's lawnmower, the uh, steering wheel has some raised bumps on it, we'll call it. And as I would go to turn, periodically the Band-Aid would get stuck on those bumps and it would just wrench down on that wound. There were a couple of times I thought that I had busted a stitch. I was in absolute agony or else I'm a wimp, probably a little bit of both. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, and then going to try to plant garden, you can't get it dirty. So I've got a Band-Aid on it. Then I was putting a rubber glove over it and then putting a work glove over top of that. And you talk about just being a pain in the neck. You're trying to dig holes to plop transplants down in. You're trying to grab seeds. You can't grab seeds with a work glove. So then I'm having to try to do that with my left hand. And my left hand is just absolutely useless. I have no coordination at all with my left hand. So it just took planting the garden and which I was already behind on. And it just made it that much slower. Um, so just frustrating but it is what it is. Uh, I asked the nurse at the ER if they had any kind of drugs for stupidity. Um, unfortunately, they don't. So <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't believe I did that. I mean, I just now my original plan, honestly, my original plan on this. When I saw that I was bleeding like a stuck pig, I was like, well, I'll go in the house. I'm going to rinse it out. I'll just wrap some paper towel around it. I'll put some duct tape over that and then I'll finish mowing the lawn and then I'll go to the ER. And when I came in, I mean, it was just filleted open and it was just blood everywhere. And so I said, okay, that's probably not a good idea. At that point, my wife wasn't home. She was on her way to uh, a viewing. Brian Jay was at work. So I had to drive myself to the ER. And so I called Bonnie up and I said, don't panic, but I'm on my way to the ER. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably the best way to get somebody to panic. Uh, good thing is, is my friend's wife actually happened to be working. She's a PA. She was working in the ER that night. And uh, so she stitched me up and sent me home. And uh, unfortunately, no good drugs and no time off of work. So very, very disappointing. But she did tell me I don't have to wash dishes. And she never put uh, on the paperwork how long that prohibition lasts for. So I don't know. I might try to milk that for a little bit. All right, folks, before we head on over to this week's charting the course, I did want to let you know that I am still working on putting together a course on canning. I'm going to call it canning with confidence, and I'm looking to do it probably the end of June. I don't have all of the details worked out yet, but I did want to give you a heads up. So if you are someone that is interested in learning how to can, Go ahead and shoot me an email, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. I'm hoping to have all of the details put together this week, and then I can go ahead and notify you as soon as the sign up for that is live. So brian at thehomesteadjourney.net, if you are interested in learning how to can, or you just need some confidence and kind of taking that next step in your journey of food preservation, Brian at thehomesteadjourney.net, drop me an email, and hopefully this week I will have all of that put together and I will be able to send you the information and you'll be one of the first ones 
able to sign up. I'm hoping to do that the end of June. That's my goal. And uh, just have a few logistics to work out. So email me, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net, and I'll make sure to let you know as soon as I have that ready to go. All right, let's head on over to this week's Charting the Course. So yesterday evening, as my wife and I were enjoying dinner, I was telling her that I had a podcast that I needed to record this weekend, and I really didn't know what I was going to talk about. And she said to me, well, have you ever thought about doing a podcast on when things don't go according to plan? (laughs) I thought, well, no, I haven't. And it just seems like that's been this entire spring. And folks, please hear me out on this. This is not whiny, whiny, woe is me, okay? So if it comes across that way, I'm sorry. Just hear me out on this. Um, But it does feel like since, man, when was it that we discovered that mold in the master bedroom? It's kind of been just one thing after another that has not gone according to plan here on the homestead. And so I said to my wife, well, that's a great idea. I think I will go ahead and do that. So if this is at all helpful to you, you can thank Bonnie. This was not my brainchild. If this is not at all helpful to you, then go ahead and give her grief, okay? (laughs) But it does feel like lately, not a whole lot has gone according to plan here on the homestead. And as I said, I kind of trace it back to when we discovered the leaky windowsill in the mold issue in the master bedroom back in when was that February, March timeframe. And it just seems like it's kind of snowballed from there. Discovering the mold in the master bedroom ended up causing Bonnie and I to have to relocate to the office. Well, the office, as you might remember, is where I had my seed starting system. So I had to relocate my seed starting system out to our kitchen and dining room area. Well, the kitchen and dining room area is the area where, generally speaking, when plants would start outgrowing my seed starting system, they would go to live there for a couple of weeks before I could put them outdoors. And so that one situation of having mold in our master bedroom kind of caused this cascading problem where it really messed with my ability and my success at starting seeds this year. Now we did get seeds started. It definitely wasn't the best year I've ever had for starting seeds. We got through it, but it certainly was not according to my plan. You may remember that I shared with you not too long ago that my sow sage, she farrowed early and we ended up losing the entire litter with the exception of one piglet. Not only that, but Basil, my other proven sow who I've had in with Boris has not farrowed yet. And I'm not sure if Boris can't figure out how to get the deed done or whatnot, but I'm not confident I'm going to get a litter out of her this year. Not only that, but I've shared with you that we've had a lot of problems with the pigs getting out, something that we have not had an issue with since we got pigs, knock, knock on wood. It has not been a big issue here, but we've had pig fights. We've had bear get in with Sage, and I think she's bred back again, which I did not want. We've had the other sow, Betswine Ross, getting out and running around and causing problems. And so I've ended up spending a lot of evenings running more electric fencing 
which has kept me from planting my garden, which has put me behind in getting my garden planted. Not only did I have those issues, but I had trouble getting dirt for the raised beds. And then when I could plant my garden, we had rain. It was cold. Then last weekend, when I went to process my chickens, I do a spring batch of chickens so that when we go to process them, it isn't cold and rainy and miserable. And yet last weekend, it was like I had done a fall batch of meat birds and it was cold and wet and miserable. <laughs> and then it seems like it's all culminated. And hopefully this is the peak with the ER visit of me slamming my thumb in the grass catcher. It just feels like thing after thing after thing this spring has not gone according to plan. Now, again, I'm not complaining and crying woe is me. What I want to share with you today are the ways that you cope with things that don't necessarily go according to plan, or at least the ways that I cope when things don't necessarily go according to plan. The first thing is, is that sometimes you just simply have to go to plan B. A great example of that is the seed starting system. I have been starting seeds in the office for the last several years. We had to go to plan B, move the seed starting system out. Okay, now the seedlings are too big for the seed starting system. What do we do with them? Okay, put them out on the front porch. Just have to keep going with it, rolling. What is plan B? What is plan B? What is plan B? Sometimes what you have to do is simply pivot and go a totally different direction. I had shared with you that I had planned to build a grape arbor. Then the price of lumber went through the roof. Okay, I'm going to pivot. I'll do that when hopefully the price of building material comes back down. So you have to pivot. You have to just go in a different direction. Sometimes what you have to do is just power through it. The situation isn't optimal. It's not according to plan, but you have to get it done. Last weekend, it wasn't optimal. It was cold. It was rainy. I didn't feel like processing chickens, but I knew I couldn't wait another week. If I would have tried to wait another week, we would have seen a lot more losses in our Cornish cross. So we had to process last weekend. So it's just a matter of sometimes you have to power through. And finally, you just constantly have to prioritize and reprioritize. So yes, I needed to get the garden in and the garden, getting the garden planted is been my number one priority, except that when you have pigs getting out and running amok and you've got boars that are fighting, that has to become your number one priority. And so, yeah, I've got to get the garden in, but I can't do that at the expense of my boars fighting each other to death. So the garden has to wait. I have to reprioritize. Yeah, I've slammed my thumb in the grass catcher. My lawn needs mowed, but if I'm going to bleed out here, and that makes it sound like it was way worse than it was. It really wasn't that bad. But my priority had to be my health. Okay. So the lawnmower sat there. It rained. I was able to mow the next day. It wasn't that big of a deal. But sometimes you just have to simply reprioritize things and say, okay, yeah, this is a big deal, but this over here is a bigger deal. Folks, the fact of the matter is, 
things are not always going to go according to plan on the homestead. In fact, quite frankly, most of the time things don't go according to plan on the homestead. Life happens and we have to be adaptable. One of the things I love to say is blessed are the flexible for they shall not get bent out of shape. And sometimes I I, uh, attribute that to the book of Hezekiah. Now, those of you who are Bible scholars know that there is no book of Hezekiah. Those of you who aren't familiar with the Bible might not get that joke, but I always say that it is found in the book of Hezekiah and I make up a chapter and a verse, but blessed are the flexible for they shall not get bent out of shape. Sometimes you just have to go with it. You do your best. You you, you try to set yourself up for success. But sometimes, folks, life happens. Weather happens. Thumbs getting slammed in grass catchers happen, although that is a preventable injury. And I probably need to go back and listen to my episode from June 22nd of 2020. Episode number 36, Homesteading Can Be Dangerous, Do It Safely, (laughs) and maybe take a little bit of my own advice, but sometimes injuries happen. And then what are you going to do? Go to plan B, pivot, power through, or reprioritize. That's what I do here on 3B Farm and Homestead. That's what's gotten me through this spring, and hopefully... This will help you get through when things don't go according to plan on your homestead. All right, folks, that's it for this week. I hope you found this helpful. Brian can be reached by emailing him at brian at thehomesteadjourney.net or by contacting him via our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support this podcast, we invite you to become a member of the Supporting Listeners Program. For $10 a month or $100 per year, you will receive access to a community of like-minded individuals via a private Facebook group, at least one monthly live Q&A with Brian, the opportunity to participate in live recordings of the podcast, access to an ever-expanding library of helpful homesteading content, and so much more. Head on over to support.thehomesteadjourney.net for more information and to sign up today. As always, the music on this episode was provided by audionautics.com. So a big shout out to them. And until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.